Hey there, folks. A passenger is safe aboard the 737 MAX 9 aircraft after that shocking Alaska Airlines blowout. Now, today, another airline has a major update. I'm Aaron Young. We'll have that for you in a moment. Now, streaming right around the world, this is Ticker Today. And it is great to be with you wherever you are joining us from. Also on ticker today, golfer Tiger Woods in a $500 million divorce from Nike. The question is, will that divorce get messy? Plus, it is Taiwan's election this weekend. What are the implications for the region if the opposition party should win? But first... And we start the the year with ticker hotshots. Veronica Dudo is in New York for us. Veronica, always great to see you. Now, Boeing was hoping for a better 2024, but just days in, it's actually looking to be a disaster for the aircraft maker. The investigation into the missing door plug from an Alaska Airlines 737 MAX could have major implications. I know you travel a fair bit. This is pretty frightening. It certainly is. And as you mentioned, not the best way for the airline industry to begin 2024. So it's a horrifying incident, especially when we're looking at that image of the the door that looks, you know, blown in. A a lot of people were taking to uh, the air to describe what it was like having to be a passenger there, which is just really so crazy. You know, they seem to be okay, which is always a good thing. But again, you know, the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB, they're of course on the ground. They were looking for a lot of the parts. You know, we're hearing now in a suburban area, school teacher found some parts as big as a refrigerator on the lawn. And so of course they are collecting that to analyze it. So what happened? Um, Of course, that's something that's going to not be learned, if at all, for several months from now. But also, what are the implications moving forward? We're hearing that the Boeing 737 MAX that's already being grounded and a lot of safety measures and inspections are now starting to begin. So it just Mm -hmm. seems like really a nightmare that this will have a ripple effect with a lot of different hubs across the United States, uh, you know, and and just really making a, a headache for the start of the new year. Yeah, very much so. I think one of the interesting things that's just come out from United Airlines is that they have said that the grounded aircraft of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 that they own, about five of them they've gone through and they have now found loose bolts in some of these aircraft. There have been concerns about whether or not this was a problem for Alaska Airlines. We saw that rather frightening report over the past few days that in fact Alaska had told its pilots not to fly over the ocean because of concerns. So to say Hawaii, because of concerns about depressurization, the light in the cockpit had gone off two or three times in previous flights. And therefore, that had meant that they had decided uh, not to to do it uh, anything about it because they reset the light as opposed to taking the plane out of service. That is frightening enough, this coming from the NTSB. But now to hear from United that they have actually found loose bolts as well in these door panels. It essentially is a panel where a door usually might go. I can't work out why a door would go there at all. When you look at the back of the aircraft, um, it's not somewhere where you would put the back stairs. It's just near the wing, for example, and it isn't the emergency exit. It's a rather bizarre part of the plane. Um, But pretty frightening nonetheless, right, Veronica? Absolutely. And, you know, this is something where could it be a faulty part? Is it just a one-off, meaning that it only affected this particular plane? Was it that when it was put to 
put together that it was potentially a human error. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of possibilities that they are going to have to look into. But as you mentioned about the pressurization and how they couldn't fly over the ocean, you do want to pose that question maybe to some flyers to mm. say, hey, if this is the situation, would you still want to yeah. even get on that flight? And then where's transparency? Is that something that um, you know flyers should be made privy to ahead of time so that they can make decisions for yeah. themselves? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, it is a terrifying thing. All right. Now I've got another one for you. A growing number of women are embracing the title stay at home girlfriend, the phenomenon sparking discussion about the evolving nature of relationships and the significance of personal fulfillment. It's a really interesting story. I can't wait to get your thoughts on this one, Veronica. The idea of, you know, not a stay at home mother or a stay at home partner or husband or father or whatever it might be, but the idea of a stay at home girlfriend, I think my concern for, it could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever it might be. If you're a 19, 20, 24 year old and you decide to stay at home as opposed to going out um, and, and, and working, finding a job, building a career, you might get to 40, find yourself dumped. And what skills, what have you got? What do you think? Aaron, I don't want to get in trouble with this one. Don't get me in trouble with this one. No, I'm only joking. So I think this is something where it's to each their own. You really have to take a step back. And when we're looking at some of these uh, TikTok TikToks that are coming out, a lot of these uh, girlfriends are saying it's a decision that they made with their their current boyfriends. Well, let's let's actually let's actually watch one. All right, we've got we've got we've got one of these TikToks. Let's have a look. A morning in the life of a 21-year-old stay-at-home girlfriend. So to start my day, I went downstairs. I actually got some new slippers, so I popped those on. And I obviously had to start with a coffee. The only way I can start my mornings. Uh, I went with a Colombian one today. It was really good. Um, put the milk on the cloth and washed out our milk. And then I got my breakfast ready. So today's breakfast, I went for some fruit. I also tried keto clusters for the first time, which was quite interesting. Um, yeah, so this is my breakfast and coffee ready. <laughs> now, I mean, that's my day too, but it's the first five minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more to come afterwards. So this is fascinating because some of the girls are making money uh, because they are monetizing these clips because they have affiliated brands and links. So in a way, they are making some money. But a lot of people who have weighed in on this in terms of yeah. legal experts, as you mentioned at the top, if it doesn't go in a uh, successful way, meaning the relationship, and then they do find themselves having invested years into a relationship where the partner was the one who was able to climb, you know, the, the corporate ladder, yeah. then they have no legal recourse. So what's going to happen to them? So it, it's really seems to be a decision, um, you know, per, per couple. <laughs> Yeah, very what are much. Your <laughs> I'm not getting yeah. into it. I, I thought I'd let you uh, hang out to dry on that one, but I think we got away with it. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there, Veronica. As always, thank you, uh, Veronica Dudo from In America Today, right here on Ticker. Golfer Tiger Woods has taken a swing in a different direction this week, announcing a $500 million divorce from his longtime sponsorship partner, Nike. The golf icon is cutting ties with a sports brand that has stood with him for 27 years. Woods and Nike have been synonymous since his professional debut back in 1996, the um, unmistakable tick logo, of, of course, gracing his golf attire and footwear right throughout triumphs and controversies as well. Signs of the split began to emerge following Woods' 2021 car crash in California that left him with those serious injuries. 
Taiwan's upcoming election has emerged as a poll with outsized importance. The island nation, officially known as the Republic of China, set to elect its next president and legislature, and the results are bound to send ripples across the international stage. For more, we're joined by David Zhang from China Insider, who's in New York for us. David, always great to see you, and Happy New Year to you. Now, talk to us about the implications that we may see. How important is this election in Taiwan? It is ultimately a choice between a more pro uh, mainland side candidate versus a more pro independent or versus that trend candidate in the uh, DPP, uh, whereas KMT is more seen as uh, traditionally uh, embracing the mainland. So many people are seeing the 2024 election as one of a uh, continuation or not current policy, which is moving Taiwan as a whole, in my view, towards that uh, changing or maintaining status quo. So what I'm basically trying to say is that this election could indicate uh, what China wants with Taiwan in the next five years or so, uh, potentially a military invasion, potentially some sort of a, a more softer approach. But in the end, I think it's uh, it's an indication what the, the will of Taiwan is under this democratic system. And I think that that's what we're gonna see here. Uh, the choice will indicate which side uh, is more towards the will of the people. Yeah, it is such an interesting point, and it will be so interesting to see. What are the candidates' stances on Taiwan's sovereignty? We know, obviously, what the main parties is, the one that's in power at the moment. What about the opposition? Because we have heard in some of the Australian press in recent days, the opposition leader saying that if it should win and form government, then it actually will be able to delay the uh, ability for AUKUS, which is the partnership between the US, Australia and the UK, to get together for Australia to build its submarines. What do we know about their policies? The uh, opposition right now is the Nationalist Party or the, the Blue Party, so to speak. They are more riding the lines of avoiding a, a clear confrontation with China, avoiding a war in the Taiwan Strait. And this is sort of their line, which is that the current uh, ruling gov government under the DPP is provoking trouble with China. And so I, I think, you know, with the what you just mentioned, Aaron, about AUKUS, I think, uh, unfortunately, with this one, they're simply trying to delay in which we know that AUKUS is a very important program, but it is one that's going to take time. And so by the next time that AUKUS does come to fruition with its nuclear submarines, we could be very well be in the next election cycle. So I think this is, uh, for me, not really the, the, the direct response that we should be seeing. Now, uh, the, the third party or uh, the People's Party of Taiwan, they're more riding on the, the younger generation of people saying that you don't have to choose between the established parties. You can choose this new party. Um, and, and so you, the, the relationship between the three parties is really you have the DPP that's more uh, pro-independence. The other two are more pro-maintaining or moving closer to China. Yeah. So talk to us about how the election could impact Taiwan's relationship with China. Could it get better if the opposition were to win? I always tell people to look at the example of Hong Kong when we're discussing anything related to China. Uh, what Hong Kong was before the 2019 national security law to what it was after 2019. And this is the clear choice facing Taiwan today. Uh, sure, you could elect a candidate who is more pro-China to maintain peace for the next, say, four to five years. But is that really the, the, the fundamental way to solve the Taiwan issue? I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, given our who has reiterated that he his will is to uh, 
so to speak, reunify with Taiwan to take Taiwan. And I think that this is really a danger ahead. So, mm. you know, people say that if they do elect TPP, it could be more dangerous. Mm. I think mm. not so serious. I think we actually have to deter. And, and just quickly, just finally, I mean, you would have to imagine that Xi Jinping would be hating this, right? The idea that there's an election that you can choose a president. The very idea of Taiwan being able to have these debates between parties is already a big contradiction to what's happening in mainland China. Yeah, very much. All right. Uh, David Jang from China Insider. I love your work as always. Appreciate your time on here, here on Ticker. Thank you. All right. More Ticker right after this. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes. 